Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Everything Auburn is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.ag, your number one source for all basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for the pro basketball playoffs. Spoiler alert, they're concluded. But BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters for every season. They've got you covered for all your sports wagering needs, including basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, uh, UFC, boxing, you name it, they've got you covered. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games that you can play right from your home. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action and be sure to use our promo code, that is B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Campbell in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown, honor. Touchdown, honor. A miracle in turns hair. Nothing but green grass ahead of him. As hard as they're going to try, they're not keeping this buck off this field tonight. 100 yards. Can you believe it? I still can't believe it. Now presenting Believe in Everything Auburn with your hosts, Taylor Davis and Jason Campbell. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Auburn. I'm Taylor Davis. He is Jason Campbell. Welcome in, everybody. Hope you've had a great couple of weeks and a great holiday weekend. Memorial Day weekend has come and gone. If anyone is curious or been following along, your girls' wedding escapades are concluded. Five (laughs) weeks of weddings and bachelorette parties done. I am back to being a normal human again and uh, business as usual. So appreciate the flexibility from my co-host as always. Jay, what have uh, you been up to? How'd you spend your holiday weekend? Yeah, happy belated Memorial Day weekend. You know, thanks to all the veterans and everybody mm-hmm. that, you know, serve and and to protect and our country and everything. We, we definitely appreciate you. Uh, Big time. By no means, we appreciate you. You know, such a as I would call it a, you know, I have cousins and stuff that have served and I know friends that have served and, mm-hmm. you know, the time that they spend away from their families is that something that they won't ever get back, yeah. and, you know, and they give their lives and their, and everything to go and protect our, you know, our country and everything. And, you know, so most definitely our hats off to them. Definitely. Uh, what did I do? Uh, this weekend, I just kind of laid low. You know, I, I really did. I got on the grill maybe once uh, I went over to you know, one of our friends' house that live very locally had about seven people over there, which was really cool. So, mm-hmm. you know, we just kind of took chill because last year, for every holiday, we was always gone. Yeah. And we was always like just, I feel like on the highway or living out of a suitcase. So <laughs> this year, we just kind of want to just take things a little slower, just kind of ease into the process of traveling mm-hmm. a little bit and and everything because you know with you going to all these different weddings and different things you probably know what it feels like to live out of a suitcase uh um, do I? you know but right now i'm just dealing with the fact that if you saw me tugging on my shirt when you first started the show i got this shirt on i just feel so big on me i feel like you know Jay's insecure. swamp me you know I, I, no I, I, need jay it looks good that's a sharp polo it's the on here i'm 230 you know you know okay <laughs> Wait, that did make me think because you pointed out your polo, which has the lovely um, 
Auburn logo, as well as the Under Armour logo. And that's been a debate for quite some time. And, you know, conversations have been had. John Cohen has mentioned them since becoming becoming AD um, about the potential of Auburn no longer being an Under Armour school or brand. And, you know, those conversations have certainly been on the table for years, but he has mentioned them as well. What are your thoughts on that? What's your stance on, you know, what what brand Auburn is tied to? Do you do you oh. have a favorite? Oh, oh yeah, I do. Okay, uh, let's hear. You know, you want to think about this? Kids in college, I mean, high school, when they come to college, a lot of these kids are now looking at the name brands yeah. of, you know, what school is represented by who. A lot of kids like Nike. There's a lot of kids now that like Jordan. You know, the 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 Jordan brand, because if you think about Auburn going to a Jordan brand, we have the colors. Don't even now, just imagine me. our basketball team rocking Jordans during games, the Jordan jerseys, you know, the 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 gear that they get is Jordan type of gear. Jason, I would lose um, my mind. Just think about it in football, your jerseys, your shoes, the stuff that you get, like all these kids know about Jordan. You know, mm-hmm. so they know how much it costs to go out and buy a pair of Jordans. So if you can have Jordan as Auburn's brand, oh man, between Nike and Jordan, oh man, don't like, even tease me. I don't think that there could be a better collab for me than Auburn and Jordan. That's like two of my favorite things in life. So, um, yeah, I w- my my wallet would hate if Auburn became a Jordan school, but it definitely has plenty of perks. Okay, I'm with you on that. We are Under Armour for the foreseeable future, but that conversation has and continues to be on the table. So we'll see what happens. As the holiday weekend closes, that means the entire 2023 class is now on campus, which includes the newbies coming out of high school. It includes the guys that weren't enrolled for spring. Everyone is on campus. There were videos on social media of everyone moving into the dorm and getting settled uh, to begin what is sure to be a very busy and decision-filled summer for this coaching staff and players alike as everyone tries to solidify their place on this uh, roster heading into fall. So very exciting time. Um, I don't want to get into it a ton, but I think our listeners will probably think that we are just avoiding. There has been some weirdness going on around the team. The university released a statement in regards to, quote, several suspensions We all, you know, don't live under a rock, and we know that there was some social media drama. It was speculated to involve some football players. The university and athletic department say they do not disclose specifics in regards to disciplinary actions. Um, Hugh Freeze is down in Destin for SEC meetings, which are happening this week. He was asked about it on the podium and very quickly dismissed. So that is what Jay and I are going to do. We're going to follow suit and not really get into the nitty gritty. I think with things like this, Jay, and and if you have a brief comment on it, you can add. I, I think with things like this, we will know what we're supposed to know. We will right. know if it's someone that is not going to be suiting up and playing in, in August. And if not, it, it's none of our business anyway. And and I, I think with things like that, you know, it, there's a lot of – speculation and assumptions and gossip and that is not for anyone affiliated with the university to partake in and we certainly will abide by that and follow coach freeze's lead on that 
Yeah, that's the thing about, you know, anytime there's some type of speculation or allegation or suspension, the thing about it, you're going to get 10 different stories yeah. until, you know, the truth actually comes out and, and everything. So right now we have to leave all the investigations up to university. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of players can learn from this, though. Guys got to understand, too, like, hey, we got to support each other's teammates. You yeah. know, your brotherhood, um, you know, one one iron sharpens another. You know, we, we got to lean on each other and everything and, and and help each other make better choices and better decisions um, and, and everything. That's yeah. part of being a team. Uh, you know, it's just not when you're on the football field. It's just not when you're in the classroom, but it go beyond that. It goes when you're out in public, when you're out, you know, out together, you know, you are a family, you know, you, you know, you, you look out for one another. And I just think that, you know, with so much floating around nowadays, it's almost like everybody's so focused on money that everyone's missing the real values of life. You know, I just feel like in this situation, we'll know more um, as the as the summer progress. I think this yeah. thing will probably get resolved sometime in the summertime. We'll know what's going on and what happened. Right. And then, honestly, maybe everybody doesn't know what's going to happen, you know, yeah. or maybe everybody won't get all the information. Um, you know, that's just going to be something that's probably between the university and and those players. So, right. you know, right now we give everybody their privacy and, and we'll just proceed. Yeah. And, and we'll deal with it when the information is made public, but I agree with you about what you're saying. I think it's also a good reminder that you're not invincible. And I think mm-hmm. with the current culture, Um, around NIL and transfer portal we talk about it all the time just about how much power these guys now hold and it reminds me one of my favorite verses Luke 12 48 to whom much is given much is required and if you are now in these circumstances where you are getting far more than the generations before you and and more than you probably anticipated getting when you were pursuing college ball, you have to carry that responsibility along with the blessings that come with it. So anyway, we uh, we aren't here to really talk about that, but I did mention the SEC meetings, which are happening. So all the coaches and commissioner and presidents and everybody's down in Destin enjoying a weekend at the beach. Uh, but obviously a lot of, uh, you know, topics are brought up and and there's plenty to talk about right now, given that this is essentially the last year as the SEC current, you know, we do know that in 2024, the CBS deal will be up. So ESPN will be the primary rights holder for the SEC. We are soon to be joined by Oklahoma and Texas, which could potentially affect the current structure of schedules as we know it. So a lot definitely on the on the brim of change. And so there's plenty to talk about. And I know a lot more conversations will come out as the week continues. But a major discussion is around the conference schedule once Oklahoma and Texas join the field. Should teams play an eight conference schedule or a nine game conference schedule. And all of the coaches are being asked about it. Obviously commissioner Sankey has spoken about it. Um, Hugh Freeze's point was really a lot to do with long-term into postseason. Is the committee going to change their mindset on how they evaluate the SEC schedules? If we are willing to play nine conference teams, because the chances are you're going to have more losses, but if we all have beat up on each other and we are, if we haven't already been the most dominant college football conference, you now add Oklahoma and a rising Texas I don't think there's debate anymore. There shouldn't be, you know, 
So is the committee going to adjust their perception of strength of schedule in regards to conferences in particular, if we then go to a nine game schedule and ultimately Hugh Free says, this ain't going to be up to the coaches. It's going to be presidents and chancellors and the commissioner who definitely favors the nine game conference schedule. So basically the the eight game SEC schedule will be one fixed opponent and seven rotating, but a nine game schedule would be three fixed opponents and three rotating assignments. So it allows you to have some of those like Auburn, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee be staples, which we all as college football fans love. But the flip side of that is what you're going to put your team through and the increased difficulty that is always going to be there to have a postseason run. So this will continue to be a debate. Give me your thoughts on it. Yeah, the thing about it, though, people spend a lot of money on tickets to come to these games. You know, Mm -hmm. like, do they really want to come to a game where they're seeing, you know, where they're blowing out a team 42 to zero at halftime? Right. You know, like, you ready to come to an SEC game where you know it's going to be a close fault game. It's going to be entertaining. It's going to be exciting. And you're getting your money's worth. Right. Um, you know, so there's there's so many parameters that goes into this because you're going to have to start putting a lot of these smaller schools in, in conferences um, yes. that, that get more TV deals, uh, get more opportunities to be seen so that they can make more of their money because a lot of those teams make their money off of playing bigger schools. True. You know, like when the school comes and play Auburn, and, you know, we have to pay Alabama State, you know, $800,000. Like that $800,000 goes a long ways to Alabama State because right. it helps them with their facilities. It helps them with different things because they don't have 87,000 people at, at a home game yeah. like we do. So you will lose a lot of that. That's going to hurt smaller programs unless they get bigger TV deals. But in the, in the other part of it, though, college football was built off rivalries. You mm-hmm. know, it was built off, you know, Auburn, Georgia's, you know, LSU and Auburn, uh, you know, Tennessee and uh, Bama, Tennessee and, you know, Georgia, um, yeah. you know, Florida, Georgia, all these different things. Like all these rivalries was built, you know, off of off of college. This is how college football became fun. Yeah. So to me, I'd rather play more competitive games and keep a lot of those rivalry games there. And uh, and go to a nine game schedule, and the SEC would get a little bit more leeway. Hey, if you lose two games, you still have a chance to make it to the playoffs. If you lose the two top five teams or something, you know, are you, you know, so there's got to be some type of give when it comes to the NCAA committee. Uh, if the SEC is going to play a nine game schedule, then you have to give a little bit of grace when it comes to to wins losses. and losses yeah. because we are in a tougher conference, and we've seen that for the last. 15 years right or more you know really over the last since 2000 you know the sec has been the most dominant conference and right. we had the most nfl players so you know it's no shout to any other conference it's just that it all comes down to money so mm-hmm. we're going to add tests in oklahoma us adding tests in oklahoma shouldn't make us get rid of all our sec uh history right you know what i'm saying like it should be an add-on not a we got to all of a sudden take away. Yeah. Just try to find a way to add on and fit them in and keep growing, keep moving in the same direction. Cause you're also about to welcome in the potential that you're about to create new rivalries. Who's Mm -hmm. to say that Oklahoma 
Ole Miss isn't about to be one of the best rivalries in college football. I don't really see that, but I'm just saying, like, with two new ones come the potential for even new incredible matchups. So I think where, as the conference strengthens, we just get a better chance of incredible games throughout the entire season. Oh, so Texas I don't think Texas we scale A&M back. Right off the bat. Texas, 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 Texas A&M. You're absolutely right. So yeah. I don't think we scale back on the potential for incredible games. But I do agree. You know, I think the committee is going to have to take into consideration what the SEC is up against and what they're doing to strengthen within. Right. And so I think that it, it kind of reminds me of Alabama this past year, right, who was on the bubble, essentially. Their losses to Tennessee – and to LSU, the way in which those losses happened over time, on the road, night environment, sold out crowd, like those intangibles, the committee will have to consider. Like there's right. no way around it when you have such a lopsided power five distribution of talent the way you were going to after Oklahoma and Texas joined the SEC. There's no ability to not consider those factors, but... This is also going to happen at the same time that the playoff expands. And so you are going to have more ability to put teams in that have two or three losses, regardless of conference. Right. Let's just be honest. I I, I got to see this thing going nine games. I just have to, yeah. because if coaches going to make the money they're making nowadays, they're making multi, multi millions. You can't complain about trying to find an easy way out. You True. know, like you're going to have to play nine games and you know, this is what you get paid a bunch of money for. And at the end of the day, like, you know, in the NFL, hey, it's a 17-game schedule. There's no easy game. Mm. Uh, so you're still going to get two easier games, but you get mm-hmm. nine uh, SEC games. And True. if I'm them, I just find a way to put those two easy games, one halfway in the season and the other one halfway in the second part of the season. So you kind of mm. split them up a little bit. But, so you um, won't start easy like we typically I wouldn't do. start easy. Okay. I would just kind of start off with, like, you know, like if you want to, you can put one at the first game, but then that means you're gonna play five SEC games in a row. Right. And then you yeah, put you got to be strategic in. about that. Yeah. So then you put the next one at game seven, and then after that, you play what four or five more SEC games in a row. But now you head into the SEC championship after playing five SEC games in a yeah. row. So you got to be strategic how you put it. I would start off with, you know, with an SEC opponent in my first two games, and then throw in uh, the the smaller opponent at third game. Right. And, and then, you know, split the next one up probably was in the season with two SEC games in a row. But yeah. before those two SEC games, I have another smaller opponent. Uh, so I would do it that way and uh, see it, just see where it goes. Yeah, man, it would be crazy. And they probably are going to have to make a decision on it this week. They were it got brought up last year and they were supposed to have dealt with it and they tabled it and said, all right, we'll figure it out in 2023. <laughs> well, it's 2023. So decisions right. to be made. But obviously a situation like this is also not up to the players. But just curious, would you have liked this expansion when you were a player, like adding Oklahoma, Texas, like changing the landscape of the conference when you were in it? Oh yeah, well, put it way. We played USC what two years, uh-huh. so I was just like playing another SEC opponent. Okay, no um, you know, and then we get to the bowl games. We're always playing big time teams like Penn State, Virginia Tech. Uh, you know, all these different play Michigan one year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think it makes it more fun because that's why I always say throw record books out the door. Because yeah. when I was my senior year at Auburn, I remember vividly four games that I really didn't even play in the third and fourth quarter. 
Hmm. You know, so all of my stats stopped right at the right at halftime. Yeah. Because three of those games we were playing and we was beating our opponents so bad at halftime. Coach was like, no, y'all sitting out for the rest of the half. And I'm just like, what? You know what I'm saying? So your stats <laughs> are not going yeah, so you're not gonna throw for three thousand yards or thirty right. four hundred yards because three of those games you didn't play in the second half. And then we played Tennessee and Knoxville. We beat Tennessee so bad second half. Coach was like, we just gonna try to run the ball, keep the clock running, yeah, we may throw a pass here or there just to you know, keep them honest, but we're just going to try to run the clock out and get out of here. And I'm just yeah. like, so, but nowadays, like, if you have a stronger schedule. Like That's true. Player, I want to play, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you have a stronger schedule. You're not blowing out teams like that at halftime. Totally. You know, like you're, you're, you're really playing in these games and your, your stats going to be better, but the competition is going to be a lot better. It's going to mm-hmm. be more entertaining and uh and everything so i just feel like yes as a competitor after playing in an nfl schedule for years True. i like the competition of every week you got to get yourself ready to play yeah there, there's no such thing as oh this is oh this is an easy game. week yeah right. <laughs> no right. kidding i feel like your your goals become a little bit harder to attain but the real competitors are gonna love this so mm-hmm. excited to see how it all fares All right. Well, speaking of competitors, let's talk basketball because we have a returner coming back to the Plains. A little bit expected, but Janai Broom has officially announced that he has withdrawn from the NBA draft and will return to Auburn for the 23-24 season. I love Bruce Pearl took to Twitter and posted like a gif of himself after this news. (laughs) Like, I live for it. Uh, But look, definitely a guy that we kind of expected was going to make that decision just kind of like testing the waters with the draft um but one that that really was another impactful transfer for the bruce pearl era uh this past year and and was a consistent player for us but one that i believe is going to benefit from another year in college ball so i'm i'm pumped that this is the decision he made and while there is some turnover and some newness that is happening for this team i think he's a key piece um that you know, is going to add some continuity along with all of the newness. Yeah, Janai Broom, I, I fully expected him to come back. Uh, I don't blame any kid that puts their name in a draft yeah. because of basketball because they can get a grade level. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of guys look at that and say, hey, um, okay, I kind of know where I'm at now, so I know what I need to work on this summer and what I need to be better at this year mm-hmm. to improve my stock as well. So yeah. you're coming back into another season knowing what you need to get to. Uh, and so that's just a bonus. That's a benefit. And getting Janaya back was huge because now you bring in a transfer to Denver Jones, mm-hmm. uh, from FIU who averaged 20 points, very clutch at the free throw line. He's also standing six foot four, you know, as a guard, you nice. know, we've had short guards over the last couple of years, even yeah. when we went to the final four, uh, with, with Bryce and Harper, mm-hmm. they were short guys. They were. You know, so we haven't had long guards. So Auburn's offense is going to look a lot different this year with Janaya playing down low, but also mm-hmm. having those big guards he can kick it out to uh, when teams try to double team and try to double down low with someone that's effective from hitting a three. Yeah. Because we really haven't been good hitting a three consistently over since the last that year. Yeah, right. Since that year. Yeah. So we can start hitting a three consistently. I think it helps. Trey Donaldson, Trey Donaldson shows mm-hmm. something in the tournament against Iowa and uh, in the first half of the Houston game that he can be a consistent shooter. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if his game can continue to elevate along with Denver Jones and along with Janiah down low, 
you know, this team could make some noise next year in the SEC, especially now that we have a little rivalry game with Ole Miss. Hey, Uh, that was my next point because another one of our guys has landed in Oxford. Again, (laughs) not surprised. Alan Flanagan committing to Ole Miss or transferring to Ole Miss following his dad, who obviously left the coaching staff. So that one was was pretty clear in in Uh, his intention and how that was all going to shape up. But yeah, that Auburn Ole Miss game, if it wasn't already exciting, it will be now. Yeah, that's another little fun rivalry game. We love uh, it. You know, Bruce Pearl, because, you know, Coach Flanagan going to feel like he can tell their staff about, hey, what Coach likes to do. And, you know, Coach going to try to flip it and do some other different things. Yeah. And, you know, Al Flanagan being on the other side, because let's just be honest, you know, there was some head bumping this year sure. on, on the team mm-hmm. and, and everything. So we don't know. We're not going to say who names were involved. But at the end of the day, once you get to this game, there's going to be a little bit of a wrapped up intensity. Yeah, uh, you got something to prove. Right, right. Something, and Flanagan's going to be trying to prove something. But, exactly. Or maybe he just won a chain. But you kind of knew, like, once his dad went to Ole Miss and then he entered the portal. What the plan was. Follow him. You know, it's <laughs> like he went to Florida. He's probably going to go to Florida, you know. Yeah. So it's just, it is what it is. But, you know, fun rivalries, I think, are, are great for sports. Oh, yeah. Um, I look forward to this basketball season because I don't think they're done yet. I think they still have two more they're trying to get. And uh, and I think it's going to be different. Like you said, I think they're going to look different than this past year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they definitely look different. They're going to look longer. Put it this yeah. way. You know, this is what we talked about. We've been – we we do really good in games. Like I was talking with Zep Jasper yesterday. Mm-hmm. And he was talking and saying, like, the time they won 19 games in a row the year before and they became the number one, you know, and everything, you know, it was just like a lot of these guys were transfer guys that came from places that people told them where they couldn't play at, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden they reached the the big D ones and they're at Auburn when they was at the college of Charleston, you know, and now you look up, you in the NCAA tournament and you pretty much a one or two seed, you yeah. know, it's just like, wow. You know, so that's why Bruce Pearl liked getting transfer guys as well as recruiting high school guys because he likes to go get transfer guys. If you notice, not from big schools. Right. He likes to go get transfer the guys underrated. from smaller schools mm-hmm. because the hunger is there. You know, the guys won't, they, they got that chip on their shoulder where yeah. they got something they want to prove. So you, you're more, you're more valued as probably getting more out of that kid than trying to go get a kid that's come from another D1 and you got to kind of spoon feed him. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's, it's definitely a specific mentality and a specific type of athlete. Cause I mean, he got Walker from a, you know, blue blood in college basketball, right. but Walker came in and, and knew his role and and how he was going to execute it at Auburn. And he became an Auburn guy, you know? So I think Bruce has a knack for seeing that in players specifically transfers um, and Janai was one of them and definitely adjusted well. And I'm thrilled that he will be returning. That's so. where NIL helps out at. You yeah. know, everyone always say, where, what does NIL really value for? If you think about it, I can run you through a couple of things. Baseball. Baseball only gets partial scholarships uh-huh. at Auburn. Yeah, you know, um, so a lot of their NIL money takes care of the other half of their scholarship that they don't have to pay out of pocket. Wow. Uh, same thing for women's softball, same mm-hmm. thing for tennis, uh, for all those sports that don't get full scholarships. Um, you know, it really helps them to have that NIL there. When you talk about this situation, baseball and basketball are so similar when it comes to this. Baseball guys, guys don't have to jump to try to go to the league 
and end up in the minors. Right. When they can come back for another year, get some NIL help because they don't have to try to rush to try to take care of family issue. Yes. Now you have NIL. So now you're more inclined to stay at Auburn um, and continue to to build yourself and have a better shot the next year. So it's the yeah. same thing in basketball where Janai is not coming back to Auburn for free. You know, like he's going to come back and he's going to make some good NIL money. Yeah. They can still help take care of some things that needs to be taken care of until he can get to that next level to make generational money that right. can help change his family's dynamics. That's right. not what NIL, NIL doesn't doesn't change your family dynamics from generation money. It just kind of helps you along the way until you can reach a certain goal or to take pressure off of you right. while you're trying to perform and uh, and do the best you can do at Auburn. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that it adds um, some cushion for these guys and those in between the guys that could benefit, but you know, they've always had to base it on, okay, there's a potential I get hurt. There's a potential that my window actually closes. Well, now you've got a little more cushion and a bit more of a safety net because NIL is also beneficial for you. So I definitely see that. But let's talk baseball. You kind of alluded to the team already. They were eliminated from the SEC tournament after losses to Vanderbilt and Alabama. They beat Missouri in the first round, um, but they are the number 13 national seed and will begin their bid through the tournament this weekend. They're actually going to be hosting another regional back-to-back regional hosts for the first time ever, making history. And that was definitely a goal of Butch Thompson's to have back-to-back years of hosting. So uh, another one checked off for him. We will be hosting Southern Miss, Samford, and Penn this weekend. The first game that Auburn will play in Friday night, 6 p.m. Central Time against Penn. Samford and Southern Miss will play first. Um, so just real quickly, the field, Southern Miss finished their season 41-17. and 17. They actually won the Sun Belt, and this was their first year in the Sun Belt after losing, leaving Conference USA. And it is the last season for their legendary head coach, Scott Barry. So Southern Miss is definitely a, a tough one, not one that you overlook. Samford finished 36-23. and 23. We obviously uh, played them in the regular season. We defeated them 13-3 to in eight innings in April. We were supposed to play them a couple weeks ago, but it was uh, canceled due to weather and, and wasn't made up. And then Penn finished their season 32-14. to They actually won the inaugural Ivy League baseball tournament, which gave them an auto bid into the tournament. So that is the field that we will be sitting in this weekend with hopes of moving on to Supers the next weekend. And then, of course, the College World Series in Omaha. But the SEC also made history. Ten teams are in, but eight SEC teams serve as regional hosts. That is the most ever. Seven regional sites has happened before, but eight is a new record for the conference. So, I mean, you're talking about deciding to go to the league or stay. If you're playing ball in the SEC, that's arguably better than a run through the minors anyway. So you milk that while you can. Yeah, because in the minors, you busting everywhere, you know, and, and you're not, and you playing a ton of games, and you aren't making um, crap, right? And you're not making a lot of money. So when you think about this tournament uh, and the regionals, one, how do you become a regional host? Yeah, like how do you become a regional host? I think it's just voted on seating, and what you do in your conference tournament adds to that. Okay, so so the committee Auburn votes. Band, 
because I know our softball girls thought they was going to get the regional host and they didn't. Yeah. And they probably was deserving of it. Yeah. Uh, when you think about, you know, this tournament, like you say, Southern Miss is not a team to play around with. Um, no. You know, I'm from Mississippi, so I know a lot about that Hattiesburg area. My family's down there. And um, so, you know, you hear a lot about their baseball program. Yeah. And uh, they were really good last year. They lost to Ole Miss, who went on, who got hot on Southern right. Miss and went on to win the championship. So. Yep. You know, this is this is definitely a really good feel. I think it's a big game for Auburn. Penn is not to be played with. No. Uh, they've won a lot of games. Um, they're very competitive. Um, and like you said, so I think Auburn can get back on the hot streak and they can mm-hmm. get this one and then come out of regionals, get ready for super regionals. Uh, you know, anything can happen, but this is this is a fun feel. You know, Sanford yeah. from Alabama. Uh, you know, so it's not a long travel for them. Yeah. So fans going to be there from Southern Miss. I believe it's a four hour drive from mm-hmm. Hattiesburg to Auburn. So it's going to be Not a bad. lot of people there. Mm-hmm. Penn is the furthest of all. Right. Of so, but there's going to be a really good baseball atmosphere. In oh, Auburn. it sold out quick. It sold yeah. out the day tickets went on sale. Yeah. It's going to be a great baseball atmosphere. So, you know, if you don't have many plans this weekend, you know, enjoy some baseball. You just said it's sold out. I got to see if I can get a ticket. Oh, uh, Oh, yeah, I'm sure Jay Campbell struggled to get tickets. Let's see if I get a ticket, but I do want to say this, though. Is there any way that our football stands, baseball stands, basketball stands, softball, every sport, can we just get some brisket sandwiches or something at the games? Mm, you're not feeling the food? <sighs> you know, just not. It could really be better. Enough. Stadium is about to get additions added on to True. it. Well, maybe that'll include food upgrades. Right. Football stadium is about to get some additions added onto it. Well, that's All good. All I don't hear is the food. So if you hear me on the radio show this fall talking about, hey, how I'm up here eating, you know, in the. Okay, but you're going to be in the radio. The media suite gets different food than regular concessions, Jay. I can hop on the elevator and just hop right down one one level real quick. Grab me a brisket sandwich. If or they. Something. If the concession stand sold a brisket sandwich and you've got the whole suite catered, you're going down to the concourse to get I'm a brisket going down sandwich. To the concourse with everybody and say, War Eagle, I'm coming to get a brisket sandwich and some brisket nachos. Now, That's commitment. Yes. Okay. Well, Auburn, make it happen. If you want to see J Cam around the concourse, make it happen. But that's going to do it for us here on Believe in Everything Auburn. If everyone is going to the baseball regional this weekend, hope you enjoyed. Cheer loud. It's sure to be a fun weekend. And we will be back next week to recap probably all the news out of SEC meetings as well as baseball regionals. And the Women's College World Series will have started. So we'll keep you updated on everything that's going on around college athletics. It's an ever-changing world. So make sure you stick with us. Subscribe if you haven't already. You'll get a notification every time we release an episode. With that, we'll say goodbye. Jay Cam, always a pleasure. Hey, War Eagle. Hey, Swar Tigers. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.